Crime Wives is a true crime podcast. Some of the content on this show might be too graphic for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hi guys, and welcome to Crime Wives. I'm your host, Veronica. And I'm your host, Destiny. And we're here to talk about crimey stuff. All the crimey stuff. Most of the crimey stuff. There's going to be, like, some non-crime stuff. Oh, yeah. So, like, what are you doing this week? Well, since you asked. (laughs) Because the last time, for you people that don't record, the last time that Destiny and I recorded was two days ago. So, um, I'm removing the magic curtain. And um, we don't really, as soon as we sat down, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to talk about? We talked about all stuff. So you guys get to hear about the fact that I'm going to Vegas this weekend. Well, it's also my family reunion that I'm kind of sad to miss part of. Okay, oh. I, if my family's listening, I'm super duper sad <laughs> to miss part of it. Um, but I'm going to Vegas for a friend's birthday. And uh, maybe I already mentioned that in the last one. I don't know. I think you talked a little bit about it, but not like not real in depth. Yeah, I did find an outfit that um, can double. Not that anyone else cares but you can possibly double for an outfit for your bachelorette party because the one I already bought I'm like is this too mom buddy <laughs> keep looking at I'm it gonna like, look at it I'm like you look like a total skis perfect <laughs> perfect exactly yeah can you so. find one of those for me too <laughs> I actually was everything that I want is white and lacy everything I've looked at I'm gonna send you some okay, links well, please do not <laughs> buy that yeah I'm like Gosh, that'll be it. awkward <laughs> yeah no I definitely didn't but I was like do I send this to destiny does she already have ideas? oh no I definitely Oh. I'm a procrastinator. Oh, like we already talked about this evening. True. I do not have an outfit. Get ready then. Because uh, <laughs> I'm going to be sending you some things that I would like to buy. <laughs> um, I would appreciate it because then I just don't have to worry about it. I'm like, God, here's another doing thing. It for me. <laughs> yeah. It's all like under 20 bucks too. So hello. Deals. Love them. Yeah. So anyways, this has been um, Outfit Hour with Ronica and Destiny. Have a good day. <laughs> Um, don't you have a pretty hardcore itinerary you're following this weekend? Oh, dude. Oh, dude. Yeah. She probably, she, I don't know that she actually listens to this podcast or podcasts in general. Um, so Leia, if you're listening, A, thank you. I, I text her and made the mistake of using the word itinerary sarcastically because (laughs) I was like, do we have an itinerary? Instead of being like, what are we doing? I was asking because I wanted to know what to pack. Yeah. So I was like, hey, what's your itinerary? Do I need these kind of dresses? Do I need like, obviously I need bathing suits. But you know, she literally wrote out in hot pink gel pen, I think, (laughs) (laughs) day from the beginning to the end and um, some of the details in there. I was like, oh, (laughs) okay. So, Vegas, we're yep. gonna have a great time. Literally, not gonna be there for a full seventy-two hours, and uh, from top to bottom, there's gonna be stuff going on at all times. So. I mean, at least you know you're not gonna be bored, right? Yeah, she and keeps you on your toes. I've met her. Yeah, <laughs> she does. <laughs> she keeps you on her toes and looking at her boobs, and that's why I love her, honestly. Yeah, I mean, she. Yeah, I, we had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, you met her for like two days and right. had a great time. So just imagine, I'm like, you have big boobs. I have big boobs. Let's connect. Oh, that'd be way too big of boobs. That's not what I meant. Not connect your boobs. (laughs) I just thought I'm like, okay, we don't need to get into it. And this has been Boob Hour with Ronica and Destiny. Yeah, no, so tune back in next Wednesday or whenever it is we record next week um, when I am, A, probably still recovering from whatever hangover I might end up with. 
and uh, got, I'll, I'll have some stories that I can hopefully talk about. Oh, no. <laughs> I am looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be great. For the PG, actually, it's explicit, so <laughs> yeah. it can be as I was like, wait a to. second, we've talked about some real bad stuff. <laughs> I am not leaving out some of the stuff that I don't, that may or may not be happening. I don't care. I got nothing to hide. <laughs> you are who you are. Yeah. So what are you doing this weekend? Except for, wait, real quick, before we started, Shane, who's one of our friends, is standing at our house, or in her house, and is telling, Destiny looks at him and is like, this is what we're doing for the next four days. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm seeing you on this day and just planning things out. So I kind of know what you're doing. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But nobody else does. Yeah. Um, so tomorrow I have a barbecue with Alex's family um, for... Family friends are coming into town, so we're doing a big barbecue. So I will be there. Alex oh, will yeah. be at work. <laughs> Hopefully, it's not raining tomorrow. It's oh, only today, yeah. right? But if you've seen like the their area, mm-hmm. they're prepared for everything. They're ready for it. Yeah. So I'm gonna be doing that, and then Thursday, shout out to my beautiful mother. It's her oh, birthday, yes. so she calls me. Um, Fresh off the plane from Egypt, <laughs> <Just kidding>. yeah, <laughs> basically. So she calls me and she's like, "Hey, what are you doing Thursday?" And I was like. Well, it's your birthday, so I figured I'd be with you. Like, we always do so. Is this a trick question, Mom? Yeah, I was like, um, and she's like, so I bought tickets. Do you want to go see Wicked? And I was like, uh, yes, I want to go see Wicked. Absolutely, I want to go see Wicked. (laughs) I was like, did you think I would say no ever? Um, So we're going to Wicked for her birthday, just a little girl's date. Um, And I'm going to take her to dinner first, hopefully. I don't know. There's lots of food around there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And she has a big interview the next morning, so good luck, Mom. Oh, jeez, yeah. Special shout-out to shout Shout-out, Martha. <laughs> um, and then I'm going to Bacon and Brew this weekend um, oh, yeah. over at Chinook, over at the casino, so. I forget that. I always think that's in August. What's in August? Isn't there a seafood festival? Is that yeah, in August? Yeah, there's Well, there's one in Astoria. I think there's also one out in Lincoln City. Right. But Bacon and Brew. Bacon I, and Brew. Yeah. What could be better? Nothing. Mm. Bacon and wine? Bacon and whiskey? Sushi and wine. Okay. Okay, I guess I can name a few things, but bacon and brews are good. <laughs> yeah, so I'm super excited for that, and the weather's supposed to be pretty decent, so, yep, and then my wedding invitations come in on Thursday, so. Oh, finally, okay. I can I'm get invited. i Shane, he doesn't have a choice, um, so oh. yeah. Heck yes. Busy, busy, busy. Yep, busy, busy, busy. I won't mention how many days till her wedding. It's so uh, close. 73? 73. Holy crap. Maybe 74. <laughs> Next topic. Okay, so what are you talking about this week? Okay, first I named this one thing, and then I was like, ooh, it's too obvious. So um, so whenever I started to go through the story, I was like, I got to rename this. Got to rename something else. So this is called the Whitaker Family Murders. So okay. still kind of obvious what's going on <laughs> It's going to take a lot for me to read off of my notes here because I just want to tell you the story. Okay, I also just realized you took off your sweater. Yes, I took my sweater. I said, I'm taking my sweater off. Are you in shock? She's naked. I'm naked (laughs) now. Um, I just don't wear anything under sweaters. Who does? But full t-shirts, which is also (laughs) another story, but whatever. Okay, back to your story. What? That I have a t-shirt on underneath it? But that's like a... Like a dress? Not like a dress. No, this is my... It's cold outside. Oh, it's, it's like not... It's not casual enough for you. Yeah. It should have been a shirt by itself. Maybe. Destiny is telling me how to dress now. <laughs> well, you're setting me outfit. <laughs> outfit hour yeah. continuously. Um, okay. For anyone that wants to know, it's just a blue t-shirt underneath a 
I don't know what that's called. Your shirt called. also says over it. I hate uh, Gosh dang it, I thought my hair was right It feels like you're coming at me right now. I hate that it says that. I just loved the color of this. It is very disgusting. Like every time someone has complimented me on, I've only had this for a few weeks, and people have complimented me, and the instant they compliment me, I'm like, don't look at what it says. I hate what it says on it, but I just, but it's hidden, and it's kind of in my armpit, so it almost looks like it's you're a brand. Like, it's, it's over? Over. It's just a, over. Yeah, Overt is a great brand. It's sounds like a brand my overt. mom bought me a shirt and it says and it's really comfortable but it says no selfie control <laughs> no no i was like mom am i five anyways okay back to it's it. like a wino clock shirt or something but i would wear that <laughs> never mind well here i am wearing a shirt that very secretly says over it it's just directed at me and i'm I, and this shirt was definitely made for 16 year olds I still bought it because I liked it. Hi. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, this is the Whitaker family murder. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. The Whitaker family was an upper middle class family and by all accounts were a happy, normal family with two sons. Thomas Whitaker, who went by Bart. His name is Thomas Barlett Whitaker, um, but it's like Bartlett is how it's spelled. So okay. he went by Bart because um, at first I was very confused why he went by Bart. Um, he was their oldest son, and then their youngest son was Kevin Whitaker. Anyone who knew the family would have kind of agreed or said the same thing, um, that they were just good people who lived in a very, you know, nice, uppity community. Okay. It was December of 2003 when Bart called his family to let them know that he had just passed his final exam and that he would be graduating from Sam Houston State University very soon obviously ecstatic his family um arranged to have dinner that night with him and then um basically it was just a celebratory dinner um they made reservations at a very nice restaurant in stafford which is very close to the family home and then they all just met for dinner that evening after dinner they went back to his parents house where bart had left his car i believe um he drove an suv that his parents had purchased for him and um they they all went to dinner. There's some pictures, actually, if you... I didn't kind of forgot to tell you to open those up. Um, there's some of the pictures. The, the first group of pictures I sent you is of this family. And one of them, there's a picture of the two brothers, um, oldest brothers in like a brown coat. This is actually while they're at dinner that night. There's um, there's a picture that I didn't add that is online somewhere um, that's, that's literally of um, Bart holding a plate that says congratulations on the dinner, just kind of, just to kind of show that it was a congratulations dinner. They all went to dinner. They literally look like the all-American family. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, like, just the nicest. I've said it before. They look like people my in-laws would be friends with. Like, oh, you did say that, and I, yes. which makes sense. <laughs> yes. They just look like super nice, super good people. Just super happy. Uh-huh. And they just, um, the other picture is like them in the Bahamas as a family. Like they just go on a lot of trips. The family is very well off. I can tell. Yeah. Um, when they say like upper middle class, I'm like, I don't know that any of us peasants would say upper middle. I think we'd just say upper class, but (laughs) (laughs) whatever. So they all go to dinner. Um, they celebrate the fact that their son is about to graduate from Sam Houston University and then afterwards, um, I think they met at the house, and they go to dinner, and then Bart comes back to go to their house okay. with them. And um, on the way back home, Bart realized that he couldn't find his phone. And then when they got home, he stayed in the car, or, or he, like, got out of the car, and they're all walking in, and he's like, I'm just going to go check. And I don't know if he tells them he's going to go check his car for it, or if he, um, but he says he's going to leave and check a car. So the rest of the family goes inside. This is where it gets bad. <laughs> 
Family gets inside, and they were um, met by a burglar who was in the process of burglarizing their home mm-hmm. um, and was dressed in all black and wore a ski mask. The mom and brother, so the mom's name is Patricia Whitaker, and then the younger brother, who, as you can tell, is not too much younger than him, yeah. but his name's Kevin Whitaker. So that's Bart's mom and brother, walked into the house first and were immediately shot in the chest. Uh, they both died. Uh, the brother died on scene and a note here that comes back into play later i'll tell you who will tell us this but um was that his brother they believe smiled right before he died for whatever reason he was just it's a note that's like anywhere i looked this up a note weird about the brother like giving a comfortable smile or something like yeah so it made me sad when i read that they both i put here that they both died on scene the mom actually died being transported to the hospital like okay. she was air airlifted life lighted there we go uh i think that's both the same thing anyways yeah. <laughs> she died on the way to the hospital later okay. so um shortly after this when they're shot the dad rushes in behind them i think they were all kind of just taking their time to get in the house they all went in at different times brother mom shot right away okay so the dad kent whitaker um he rushes into the house after this as well because um, they all kind of go in in a different order and uh dad rushes in and um, he, when he rushes in, he also gets shot. However, he was shot in the shoulder, and the bullet, instead of killing him, shattered his humerus bone, but he just kind of fell forward on the floor. Okay. There was nowhere that I could find it. This actually, this story was kind of hard to find certain details on, um, and so there's probably going to be some places where you're going to have questions, and I'm going to be like, I don't know. <laughs> You'll probably ask the same questions I did. I wanted to know what the dad did here, if he was like, propped on if, if he had visual of what was going on yeah, or if yeah. he's on the floor however dad falls on the floor only minutes after the shootings took place bart comes running in so maybe not even minutes maybe you know however much a certain amount of time passes bart's also running in because he's out in his car and um, at the sight of his family he freaks out and starts to try and fight with the burglar um there was a struggle bart was shot in the leg which allowed the burglar to flee because he falls on the floor also Mm -hmm. immediately the police were called i don't know who calls the police i just know someone calls the police so the scene to the scene and his mother and brother were pronounced dead again mom was life lighted because she was still somewhat alive but she died on the way there um and then bart's bart and bart's father were transported to the hospital um in the following days an investigation began to take place obviously when asked, all that I saw that Bart said was all that he could remember about the killer was that um, there was a black male between the ages of 25 and 35, which is like Very. huge spectrum. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> the police also went through the home and found nothing to be missing, stolen, or out of place other than Bart's cell phone uh, that was still not yet accounted for. That's very weird for it a is. burglary. It is weird. However, due to lack of any evidence, the investigation quickly came to a standstill, which is what I wrote. I don't know that it instantly came to a standstill, but they had nothing to go off of. Yeah. So Bart then moves in with his dad, and I don't know if they're living in the same home or if they get a different home. I'm assuming they live in the same home, but again, details, hard to find. There's just certain things that I'm like, ooh, did he live with his dad in the same house? But (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know, but um, moves in with his dad. Uh, The investigation made little progress, that is, until a man named Adam Hip walked into Sugarland Police Station and introduced himself as a former friend of Bart Whitaker's. Hip told police that Bart had approached him previously with a plot to have his family gunned down. Shut the f*** 
front door, right? Get out of here. <laughs> he claimed that Bart had asked Adam, uh, hip, to be the shooter, and that Adam had actually agreed to an extent, kind of, I don't know Adam's side of the story, but what it sounds like is Adam was like, sure, man, I'll do it, and kind of got a little bit of information out of him, and then, quote, backed out last minute. And so, for whatever reason, that plan fell through, and they moved on with their lives. That's that. Ew. Well, like, okay. So, So he could have definitely, if he would have went to the police a little bit earlier, maybe. mm -hmm. Right? (laughs) So, he he claims that Bart had asked him to help him with all this, and he, um, I don't know, again, this is where I'm like, where are the answers to this? But he says he backed out last minute, and um, that he just left it at what it was, and that Almost like it was too crazy to be real, I think is what he had kind of said, and then that was that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, another break in the case came in August of 2005. Um, So, not too much time has elapsed, but enough to where Bart is living his life, and Dad is living his life, and things are fine, and... um, They're finally, like, moving past... Probably, as much as they can. Some of the horrific things that happened to them. Yes. So, the break in the case came when a man named Stephen Champagne, which, great last name, um, who was Bart's former co-worker and neighbor, went to the police as well. In this case, however, Stephen Champagne threw, I spelled through wrong, so I'm like, he did what? <laughs> he threw, I wrote like through the door, not through, okay, anyways. <laughs> Stephen threw police for a loop. <laughs> When he confessed to assisting in the entire crime. Okay. And even provided an entire story of what happened the night of December 2003. So. I just realized this is two days before. This is the day I got engaged. I mean, it's December 2003. I don't. Oh, I thought you said December 20th. (laughs) I know. Mimosas. Mimosas. I mean, you got engaged in December. It's close enough. (laughs) Okay. Anyways. Anyways, here's my thought. I think that this Stephen Champagne guy goes in, and if he was the only one who went in and was like, I assisted in this case, or in this crime, and I shot these people, they'd be like, "Mm." but because this Adam guy had already gone in whenever he had went in previously, and was like, hi, I was asked, and he didn't go in after. He was the first person to go in. And then the second person to go in was a Stephen Champagne guy, and this is all the way in 2005. So two years had passed. I don't, it doesn't say I looked it up. I could not find when Adam Hip went in and confessed. Oh, okay. So the timeline seems to be playing against whatever story actually took place. So here is Stephen Champagne's account of the night. Um, his account was that Bart would convince his family to go out to dinner to celebrate with him. Uh, when they all got home, Bart would stay in the car and Stephen Champagne would be waiting in the house. Once they'd all been executed, Bart would enter the home and a false struggle would take place where Bart would also be injured. Hence the shot in the leg. Mm-hmm. Honestly, when you said shot in the leg, I thought about the last one you talked about where yes! he stabbed himself in the Every leg. time I hear in the leg, I'm like, mm-mm, it wasn't, it wasn't purpose. It was purposeful. <laughs> purposeful. <laughs> wasn't an accident. So from here, Champagne would flee the scene because of their fake fight. Then Champagne would flee the scene. And then there was another person, which was Bart's roommate, Chris Brashier. I should have practiced that one. Um, He hid in Bart's SUV outside of the Whitaker home that was waiting to um, take Stephen. So essentially, there was a guy in the SUV that was waiting at the house. He rode with his parents to dinner. 
they got back from dinner, they all leave, someone gets shot. There's, there's that. So, someone, a lot of people get shot. Okay, so, in Stephen Champagne's confession, he also told the police that Brashear had thrown a bag full of evidence off the bridge into a nearby lake. So, finally, they're able to be like, ah, cooperating evidence. Yeah. A few days after this confession, the police, uh, a police dive team was set up, and the dive team was able to recover a soggy duffel bag full of decomposing evidence. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So, though the bag would, um, had spent two years at the bottom of the lake, detectives were able to obtain DNA off of the pro- a DNA profile of Chris Bashir. Um, it was the mouth of a water bottle. Mm-hmm. And then Bart Whitaker's missing cell phone. Dun, dun, oh. dun. Okay. Around the same time as this, uh, as the bag was discovered, so are some very crucial details about Bart Whitaker. Details like the fact that not only was he a, not about to graduate from Sam Houston he State was about University, to out, wasn't he? but that he had already dropped out altogether. I knew it. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Um, so police also dug into his past where they found that he'd been arrested in high school for some robberies that involved other classmates. Um, and because of these crimes, it says that he had to go to um, a psychologist. I don't, I'm assuming. Again, this is another area that doesn't say his parents probably sent him to a psychologist just to like, you know, whatever it was. They're like, you've got some issues. We've got some money. We love you. Let's try and help you. You Um, That psychologist stated that Bart was, quote, experiencing the clinical symptoms of delusional or paranoid disorder. Interesting. Yes. Um, A 2009 psychologist psychological evaluation of Whitaker noted that after high school he was given quote more of the unearned trappings of wealth while his thoughts became even more disorganized uh so I put here in a little note or what some might call a little spoiled and very ungrateful (laughs) yeah so Whitaker's affluent parent affluent parents I gotta stop using words that I literally can't say out loud. I'm like typing them, I'm like, mmm, that sounds so fancy. I can't say it. Affluent is hard to say out loud. <laughs> Whitaker's affluence pair. See, I did it again. We're, we've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> I was typing something earlier and I read it out loud to make sure I could say it. Apparently, I should have done that. I think I did. And I was like, well, that's fine. Okay, his rich parents had bought him several luxury vehicles and paid for his tuition to Baylor University as well as Sam Houston State University. They also bought him a lakeside townhouse in Willis, Texas, and a $4,000 Rolex which um, watch that was given to him as a graduation present. <laughs> he also had access to an $80,000 trust fund from his grandparents. Fun fact, though, he says he didn't know that that existed. Um, so probably if he knew that existed, I'm going to assume his mom and brother might still be alive. Yeah, that he maybe wouldn't have tried to kill his family. He could have found a way to get $80,000 trust from his grandparents by like, I don't know, talking to them. Doesn't sound like he was a talker though. Anyways, all of this made it pretty obvious that um, his parents had given their son as much as they could in life and that in return... He lied about dropping out of college and eventually arranged to have them murdered. Shocker. So did he have them murdered? Are you going to go into that more? But Did he basically have them murdered so he could get all their money? Just like yes. the whole thing. Okay. So by this point in the story, um, this is in 2004, Whitaker fled to Mexico. 
somebody gave him a tip-off um, that he would be shortly arrested for the murders or that they were investigating the murders. So he moves to... Um, so what better did... Like, at this... Uh, I guess not even at this point. There's too much evidence. I was going to say you're the he said, she said. But there is evidence at this point. Yes, so. there's evidence and there are witnesses, which is yeah. usually a pretty big part of... Um, which is weird. But yeah, witnesses are the thing that they tie in most. Okay, so... Uh, he goes to Mexico. He lived in Mexico for over a year under, I had to put this in, under the false name of Rudy Rios. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, Rudy Rios it. sounds like a good time. <laughs> you see it. <laughs> I see it. I'm looking at a picture of him right now. And I will say this, is that I did look at the picture at one point and said, the little brother's kind of cute. The older brother kind of freaks me out. And now you know why. Also, though, does he look like a Rudy to you? Do you think any of the... Native Mexicans walking around saw that white weird man and were like, what's up, Rudy? <laughs> okay. Well, there's that. But also, I I guess now that I think of the only Rudy that I've ever met in my life. Yeah. It just, he's real white. And I... Maybe Will Rios? Maybe also Rudy, any other last name, but Rudy Rios. That, okay, that's true. There's like maybe one of those little why. asterisks over the eye, like Rudy Rios. I'm yeah. like, no, you're white. Stop it. Yeah. We know. Okay, September 15th, 2005, a capital murder warrant was issued against Bart Whitaker, a.k.a. Rudy Rios, uh, cooperating with U.S. authorities. The Mexican authorities arrested him uh, without incident under immigration charges. So essentially, he was, they just got him off of immigration. They were like, you're a bad guy. And then they brought him to Texas, and they were like, you're a bad guy. He was arrested for capital murder in Laredo, Texas. Okay. He was finally set to stand trial in March of 2007. As his trial, or at his trial, prosecutors alleged that although it wasn't Whitaker who shot his family members, he was responsible for their murders because he played the leading part in the conspiracy to commit murder. Whitaker refused plea bargain by a district like a dummy, um, and basically saying, I, he just kept saying, I had no he part in this. He just denied it all. He well, just and his dad's it. still alive at this point. Oh, yeah. Just wait. Oh. Uh, okay. Which, yeah, I thought there was going to be a different twist at the end, though, so we'll see. He's saying, I, they were, tr- basically, for his admission of guilt, they were trying to offer him a plea bargain, yeah. which is my, I, I'm always like, people get out of it because of plea bargains, right? He refused, so he is tried on capital murder. The prosecutor's chief witness, Stephen Champagne, claimed that Whitaker had uh, wanted his family dead so that he could capitalize on a, quote, million-dollar life insurance payout. Whitaker denied this claim and says that the only life insurance policy that he was aware of his family having was for only about $50,000. And I say that in his voice because probably $50,000 was a lot to him, so I bet you he still would have been like... There is a quote, though, from Stephen Champagne being like, he told us his parents were worth millions and so that if we killed him we'd all get a little bit well i mean i think that i mean back it was probably not we've looked at like the inflation of money Uh but that was like i feel like money was better in 2003 don't you well yeah (laughs) god it was but like my mom bought a house like in 
like late 90s for like $90,000. Right. So it's like $50,000 was a good amount of money then, but thinking millions of dollars. And, and he's been spoiled his whole entire life. Exactly. I'm sure he's just like, well, I'm going to do anything I can do to get more money. And my parents, if they find out that I'm flunking out or that I flunked out and blah, 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 they're not going to give me all the things that I've had before. Exactly. Shame. suck. A, shame, not knowing or not wanting to like just face his parents and be like, hey guys, this is the truth, shame. And B, him being spoiled to an extent, I think he didn't understand the value of things. So $50,000, I think he still would have done it for $50,000. I believe he didn't know the value of it and was like, so when he says, well, well, when his lawyer tells him to say, well, it's only $50,000, I still think he would have done it for $50,000. Yeah, he's a garbage human. But also, his parents bought him a Rolex. Uh, he lived in a house that they bought him. He knew that it was more than fifty thousand dollars. Oh, it's a yeah, hundred percent. A townhouse. He was in the car that he rolled up in. They bought. Well, and if the three of them died, everything would go to him. Yes. The sucky part for him is that his dad didn't freaking die. That's what it comes down Sadly. to. Sadly, right? The, the, that's the sucky part. Like very for him. His that's what I said. The sucky part for him yeah, is that his yeah. dad didn't die. Because for me, uh, awesome. So. Whitaker claimed that a mental disorder exacerbated by drug abuse caused him um, to want his family eliminated. There's a 2020 on him where he basically tells the uh, person that's interviewing him that he was out of his mind that night. And there are a few pictures that I was like trying to look up real quick before we did this. Um, where there's um, him holding a plate and it says congratulations. It looks like they went to like the Cheesecake Factory. You know, if you yeah. go to the cheese and they're like congratulations. They wrote on a plate like that and his eyes are like kind of like rolling in one of the pictures so it it truly looks like he is in fact out of his mind um but it almost i would be led to believe that it was purposeful to be out of your mind Um, just in case something like this happened right so after all of this court um he's sentenced to death what yeah um he's sentenced to death uh by i mean at being as the essentially they're them saying that he was the lead person in this so his dad had already forgiven his son by this part in the murders and um, had tried to persuade the jury not to deliver the death sentence. However, the jury decided to convict Whitaker of capital murder under the Texas law of parties. Chris Bashir, um, who is the guy in the getaway car, served a life sentence in a plea bargain because he took a plea bargain. Yeah. Um, worked with prosecutors, and then Stephen Champagne agreed to testify for the prosecution in return for a 15-year sentence. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. The guy that fucking killed them got 15 years, and the guy that drove a getaway car got life? I don't understand. Maybe I've got this backwards. No, no. Right here I put what it, yeah. This is what happened. Shut your dirty mouth. I don't get it. Okay. I'm mad at you for Shoot. delivering this. Dude, if anyone's listening, this is wrong. Is this right? This part's right. I know it's right. Okay. No, it's right. It's right. Okay, so. I have faith in you. Bart Whitaker sentenced to death after he had plead for a life sentence. Okay. In a strange twist, he spent 11 years on death row for, um, obviously, the arranged murder of his brother and mom and attempted murder, murder of his dad. This is at the Polunsky unit near Livingston. The judge on the case received a letter a few days before, like literally a few days before his execution, from Bart's father, Kent Whitaker, requesting that his son not be put to death. The note that came, uh, this note came only a few short days, as mentioned before. Um, His son was scheduled for execution. 
a quote from the note is that I would be I would be victimized again if the state put to death his last remaining immediate family member. So <sighs> I'm pretty sure I could not find this information. It's either the day before or the day of his son was set to be executed. A rare decision on February 20th, 2018, the Texas Board of Pardons and Paroles unanimously recommended that the death sentence shall be commuted to life imprisonment. And Bart Whitaker was not executed and is now no longer on death row and is still alive. Okay, I have mixed feelings. I know. Because of his dad. His dad's remarried. His dad's so cute. Good, and good, good, it, good. I think he got, I mean, at this point, his he had spent 11 years in jail. So um, his. I think it was towards the end of that time that his dad had met somebody and got remarried. And I saw pictures. They looked so cute and happy. There's a lot whenever. So there's also a picture, if you want to look it up, of the judge granting them that. And they were at the hearing. And he's, like, holding his new wife, and they're crying. And it's just so moving. I mean, there, it, no one truly wins in this. Of course, there's also a picture that I almost sent to you of um, Bart is obviously still in jail. And he has a, um, like, a blog online. Oh, fuck him. And there's, like, this weird picture of him and this lady, like, touching hands on the glass. And I don't know who she is. I'm assuming it's his girlfriend. They're, you know, the so anyways i'm looking at ronica like she's slapped my mom <laughs> i had to put that part I'm in here so pissed off yeah this guy so can just go he can go himself. f himself if you talk to his dad who has also been interviewed he'll say that his the whole point of him not wanting his son to die is because he wanted his son to be rehabilitated and he truly believes his son has made a lot of progress towards knowing that what he did is wrong I'm assuming. Um, but in the way that Bart, I looked up a little of his stuff. He writes very weird stuff. He's still weird. He, um, him and his dad, well, his dad was already um, a churchgoer, but now he's found God. And so he's moved. And so you still killed your brother and your mom. There is literally always an invisible wedge somewhere in front of you like that every person should be aware of but i'm just still also dumbfounded that the fucking driver got light i need to look that up now but that's i put exactly what i saw i just saw it and i put it there and yes it just doesn't feel right now that we're saying it but i want to vomit either way i'm angry yeah i mean it says stephen champagne agreed to testify for 15 years. And you know what? He probably was only in there for like six because yep, I need to go. laws. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> okay, so that was my story, except because Destiny was so mad, <laughs> I looked it up. And it turns out I had the story correct, except I got the names mixed up. <laughs> so... The guy that was driving the getaway car was Stephen Champagne. The guy that was the shooter was Chris Bashir. Chris Bashir is the one that got the life sentence. That's why you were mad, because you thought he was the getaway driver. Stephen Champagne is the one that was outside waiting. I don't know how or at what point. That's what happens when you don't copy and paste and you try and be a writer, I guess. I mean, uh, I'm... Uh... 
Are you happier? I'm happy. I'm yes, yes. And the, the fact that we're drinking champagne never while helped. We were talking about that. No, I meant while oh. we were talking about Stephen Champagne. I was like, perfect. Oh, yeah. Well, he was still in the story. He was the getaway driver. He was not, in fact, the person who did the shooting. I mean, that's good to know. Maybe I just got excited when I saw his name. I was like, and champagne. <laughs> You're like, I just want to say it as many times as I can. Yeah. So I did, and I was wrong, and I admit it, and I'm done. <laughs> and now it's your turn <laughs> okay um so today i'm going to be speaking about mary bell so uh, for anyone that doesn't know which is hopefully some of you uh, mary bell was born may 26 1957 to betty who was a 17 year old sex worker in the newcastle area Yay! Where's Newcastle? England. Oh, okay. Yes. Her mom was known to be very unstable and was said to have tried to kill Mary multiple times. She was seen giving pills to Mary and telling her that they were candy. Okay. <laughs> um, and that resulted in her over-consuming sleeping pills, and her family's very skeptical also, when Mary fell out of a window thinking it was once again an attempt to murder Mary. Mary fell. Oh, oh. Mary fell out of it. So Betty. So Betty's mom says Mary fell out of the and window, and then Mary accidentally quote quote mm-hmm. <laughs> fell out of a window. Um, she was injured in that left her suffering from brain damage, specifically in her prefrontal cortex, which is an area that affects decision making. Okay, well, so there we are. So here we're starting. Yes. Um, so, like I said before, her mom was a seven. Betty was a seventeen-year-old sex worker. Mm-hmm. So, uh, when Mary was four, so her mom was twenty-one. Betty started selling Mary to her clients. Oh, when she was how old? Four years old. Uh oh, I'm mad for sexual acts with older men. Uh oh, I'm really mad. So Mary started to take after her we stepfather. Promised. No more. Okay. Okay. Please. No, but this this gets way more interesting. Okay. Way more crazy. So Mary started to take after her stepfather, um, that she always said was her real father. His name was Billy Bell. So that oh, that's Bell. how she got okay. that last name. But even though when like social workers or anybody, so any of her mom's clients, so and so would social come by, workers, social workers, anybody, okay. they said mainly like the clients of her mom. As a sex worker. Right. Billy said, tell everybody I'm your uncle. Oh. So it would defer. Oh. So it wouldn't defer the clients. Ooh. Yeah. So like this he was an armed robber and a career criminal. And she started gaining a reputation shortly for bullying and attacking children, theft, and vandalism. Okay. So it's going good. I'm just coming in hot for yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, So on May 11th, 1968, Mary and her friend, Norma Bell, they're not related. I was like, wait. Yeah, they just have the same last name. Um, They were playing with a three-year-old boy on top of a shelter. The boy then fell and was injured, but this was said to be a, quote, accident. Oh, no. When you said, quote, I already... Okay. (laughs) So the next day, multiple parents came forward saying that Mary had strangled their children. But she got a slap on the wrist from the police. They're like, hey, what what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Stop choking children. <laughs> and she was at home. Stop. stop choking children. Have a good Wednesday. Can you please stop? <laughs> oh, Thank gosh. you. So then on May 25th, two children were playing at an abandoned house and stumbled across the lifeless body of four-year-old Martin Brown. Oh, no. 
Oh. Sorry, I'm sorry. God damn it, Mary. <laughs> there was an empty container of pills next to him, so it was thought that at the time, that's how he died. That he walked into an abandoned home with some pills. With and, some pills and... And I he mean, was four? He was four. Stop, please stop. Oh, no. <laughs> please don't cry. I... Moving. Okay, oh. moving. So, on May 26, Norma's dad... So, Norma's the 13-year-old, her 13-year-old friend that she hangs out with all the time. Okay. Norma's dad caught Mary violently choking Norma. Okay. And he slapped Mary in the face. <laughs> Get the hell out of my house. He's like, Get sounds, It honestly sounds like she needed it. Not, yeah. Not maybe from him, but... His daughter's getting choked out. Okay. Yeah. And he's like, get the, get out. Yeah. So later that day, <laughs> just a slap and just, bah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if I walked in, I or don't know if I'd be able to. Anyone doing that to my child. Yeah. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter your age. Unless you're the same age as him, then I'm just going to pick you up and throw you. It's fine. Just... Well, and this is a younger girl. Yeah. Yeah. So oh. She's ooh. like, a, she's 10. This in is all the day fairness, before her birthday. If this guy's a good dad and he's just a good dad and he's like, whoa, Honestly, it's probably just natural parenting instincts. Your hands are just doing stuff, and you're like, shoot. You're just defending Also, just your... get out! Yeah, that's your baby. You gotta... Yeah. Anyway. So, there... oh, this was actually on Norma's, or on Mary's birthday that oh. this all happened. So, later that day, um, she vandalized a local nursery school with Norma. Okay. Leaving... So, her... so, Norma is still in her life. Yeah, She's Norma like, her I friends... know you choked me out. My dad slapped you. We're good, right? Yeah. Basically, twisted. Anyways, so they left different notes around the vandalized nursery that said, fuck off, we murder, watch out, fanny and faggot. Which, yeah, in America, it's diff- <laughs> they mean different things. But also, <laughs> these are the silliest nuts. Yeah, and Just, then it says, we murder. We did murder Martin Brown. <gasps> fuck oh, off, you about- bastard. I forgot about him. Oh, no. So, but at the time, they were like, this is just a dirty prank. Mm-hmm. This is just fucking stupid. So, yeah. it wasn't linked to No Mary. one wants to believe that any kids are walking around actually being the murderer of, and then admitting to it. Yeah. Okay. So, a few days passed, and Mary went to the Brown residence, so the little boy that died, and she knocked on the door and asked to see Martin. The mom, visibly upset, told Mary that her son had passed away. She responded, quote, oh, I know he's dead. I wanted to see him in his coffin. Oh, so the mother obviously slammed the door right in her face and he'd been dead. he'd been dead for a couple days oh uh, did she call any cops and be like hi there's a very strange girl no. outside i don't believe so okay. so a couple of months later three-year-old brian Howe disappeared people started looking everywhere for him when mary told brian's sister pat he might be in a mound of concrete that he was playing at earlier she apparently told her where to find the body so Mary could watch while Pat found Brian's body. But Pat decided to return home and the police found his body that evening. There was an N that had been cut into his body with a razor blade and then changed to the letter M. Oh, how can you tell that it's been changed? Um, because it looked like a different, like different handwriting. So, so what like ended up happening e, is that, like, yeah. So what okay. ended up happening is that they wrote his, they wrote the N with like their right hand, uh-huh. and then with their left hand, she made it an M. Okay. But so it kind of so looked like, like maybe it was disconnected. And no, all. so it looked like it was Norma, uh-huh. and then Mary, and okay. So then so like Mary came and changed it to her. Okay. So he had been strangled, um, but the medical examiner said it was believed to be a child due to the little amount of like. Forced that mm-hmm. was applied. 
I'm starting to think that Norma's dad wasn't a good dad either. Yeah, so they're just, it's, I don't know. Okay. Police started searching for the person responsible, interviewing children from the ages of 3 to 15, because they really didn't have any idea. It was a smaller town, but they didn't really know. When they came across Mary and Norma, who both had very inconsistent stories of what they were doing that day. So were they, they were just kind of like, field and all the kids yeah asking them all questions okay. so all the kids around there like what's well, yeah let's ask these do you know girls over yeah. here in the bush so <laughs> that are watching everything yeah so when questioned about the murders mary continued to act very strange and norma seemed to be excited she was smiling like kind of happy um she wasn't admitting anything but she was seemed visibly happy and acted like the thing the whole thing was a joke how old were they both at this point uh mary was 11 and norma was 13 okay so doesn't change anything for me i don't know why i asked (laughs) (laughs) so they um they furthered questioned mary um the more information she continued to give saying she remembered seeing an eight-year-old boy with brian earlier that day and the, the boy hit brian for no apparent reason she said the boy was earlier playing with broken scissors saying that they end quote were like silver colored and something wrong with the scissor like one leg was broken or bent uh oh. By admitting Specific this detail. By admitting this information, she implicated herself since the scissors were not public knowledge. Mm-hmm. The day Brian Howe was buried, the detective on the case saw Mary standing in front of the house. Uh oh. And Anne said, end quote, Mary Bell was standing in front of the house house when the coffin was brought out. I was of course watching her, and it was when I saw her there that I knew I did not dare risk another day. She stood there laughing, laughing and rubbing her hands. I thought, my God, I've got to bring her in or she'll do another one. Uh, oh, I just got chills. Uh, I know. So. She's a crazy tiny 11-year-old. Uh. Remember when I said, I really hope my kids don't turn out like my story? <laughs> and you were like, oh, I'm sure it's fine. Don't bring your clients into your home, and um, I think you'll be fine. Also, I don't have clients. <laughs> Thank you. Don't let your clients sleep with your four-year-old child. I also still don't have clients. Oh, by the way, Destiny does not have clients. But if you did, I'm assuming that's where the problems arised. That's where they started. Oh. Um, so that evening, the police spoke with Norma, who told police Mary said, end quote, I squeezed his neck and pushed up his lungs. That's how you kill them. Pushed up his lungs? Like, like pu- pushed up his chest? <laughs> like, with one hand and then choked him. Oh, God. Like, Who taught her for how making to kill me people? Explain it. <laughs> um, and hashtag... Hashtag... <laughs> Leave it! Don't cut it! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Back to... Shit. I'm ready. I'm so ready. <laughs> and quote. <laughs> His lips were purple. God damn. <laughs> it was quote and you said hashtag. That's the best mix up of all time. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. Recoup. If Back you cut this stuff, put it somewhere so that it's compilated forever. <laughs> okay. And quote. His lips were purple. Mary ran her fingers along his lips. She said she had enjoyed it. Oh, okay. Sadness. Weird time to go from laugh to cry. (laughs) So they picked up Mary almost immediately. In questioning, she said, quote, 
I am making no statements. I have made lots of statements. It's always me you come for. Norma's a liar. She always tries to get me in trouble. So it's just, it's Norma's fault. Yeah. So the girls basically flipped on each other, saying the other one was responsible for the murder. They were both arrested, and Mary was noted to be confident, intelligent, and malicious. A couple instances in particular showed Mary's true colors, such as her grabbing a cat aggressively by the neck. And when the guard told her to let it go and not to hurt it, she replied, quote, Oh, she doesn't feel that. And anyway, I like hurting things that can't fight back. Okay, questions. A, how did he react? B, why was there a cat near her? Why she the was guard... at like a juvenile facility. What, were so there, there cats be... at the juvenile facility? Yeah. Save the cats! Oh, I mean, true. I'm but looking like, up at the cats here. Juvenile but... facilities, like, they're kind of more like public. They're not like jails. I know, but don't put cats in there with them. Well, <laughs> and also, there was a cat. if you were that guy, are you just like, okay? <laughs> but, like, please put it down? Yeah. Um, so she was also quoted saying she wanted to become a nurse. Quote. Because then I can stick needles into people. I like hurting people. That's not what nurses do. <laughs> Someone yeah. should tell her that's not. Okay. I mean, maybe someday they it will. It makes me really worried that there are people in this world that are nurses because they like to hurt people. <laughs> I mean, we've... Never yeah. mind. <laughs> Anyways, that's <laughs> a whole other story. Um, during her time, she was obviously evaluated, and one of the doctors said, I've seen a lot of psychopath children. But I've never met one like Mary, as intelligent, as manipulative, and as dangerous. Yeah. So the trial for the murders began on December 5th, 1968. The prosecution focused on many facts such as scissor, the scissors, the fact that um, fibers from Mary's dress were found on both victims, and fibers from Norma's clothes were found on Brian's shoes. Um, how Mary knew, so Mary knew about the ex- this is a word. Asphyxiation. <laughs> Mary knew about the asphyxiation of Martin, even though it had previously just thought that he it was a pill overdose. Oh, but later on, they like evaluated it more, and he they knew he had been strangled because okay. it was. And she girl. also knew he'd been strangled. So yes, okay. Um, so the girls were both called to the stand. Each one continued to put the blame on the other. I read a lot of their statements, uh-huh. and they're just like. What do you, it was her. What do you mean it was her? And apparently, like, during the trial, they were making, like, they would get pissed at each other, and you could tell when one was, like, turning on each other. Like, they would, like, glare at each other and stuff like that. But then sometimes they would just look at each other and just, like, like, they were connected, though. It's like the thing where they say that two people that are committing crimes, sometimes one of them's more into a crime. We're going to say adults in this situation, one of them is more into crime, and... They'll just get a co-conspirator, yeah. but when they're both that young and their brain and it's it, their brains aren't even quite there yet, that they're one of them is crazy and is one of them's probably a co-conspirator. Yeah, but it just made them crazy, and it, it's like everyone else doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, exactly. They're so they're literally saying they're just like getting pissed at each other, but also like having this connection oh, that like people could feel. That would be the weirdest thing to experience, especially with that age. Yeah. Oh, I'd be so frightened. <laughs> yeah. So I'd be like, well, never watching the exorcism ever again. And... <laughs> or ever being around 11 or 13-year-olds. That freaked me out even a little bit. Yeah. Um, so both their families were present during the trial. So Mary's mom was wearing a bright blonde wig and would get very hysterical, cause a scene, storm out, come back like five seconds later. Um, her dad... Oh, you mean she was as crazy as her daughter? 
She's probably She's like the older the version yeah. of the crazy as her daughter. So, and then her stepdad would just sit there and just like almost mute. Just very quiet, very silent, just taking it in. Her mom's like, she would flail, like flail her body and her wig would fall off. Like people oh, were like, she yeah. was going crazy. I had questions about the wig that I was going to overpass. And then when you said flail and the wig would fall off. Yeah. God. Like how did I know it was a wig? Because I came off. <laughs> I didn't think they were record while this was going on. This is like the early 60s, okay. middle 60s. So, also it's a courtroom. So. <laughs> that's true. Well, Norma's parents and her 10 siblings sat there and supported her during the trial. It is also important to note that Norma seemed very upset about the situation. She'd be like, I don't know. It was all Mary. I'm so upset. Like, I didn't do anything. Which is probably half the reason she's visually mad or visibly mad and taking her. She's probably just angry and not as crazy. Yeah. So she was crying, just showing remorse, and Mary remained just very cold and stoic during the whole thing. Right. Um, Like, she even said, like, one of the jury members looked at her and they smiled and she looked at her attorney and she's like I shouldn't smile back right they wouldn't like that oh no so the prosecution's closing argument was quote in Norma you have a simple backward girl of subnormal intelligence in Mary you have a most abnormal child aggressive vicious cruel incapable of remorse a girl moreover possessed of a dominating personality with a somewhat unusual intelligence and a degree of cunning that is almost terrifying. Unusual intelligence is the creepiest term I've ever heard. Like, all of it. All, like, there was a lot. Yeah. So Just the... everything about that, though, sounds like her summed up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the whole... Which is not almost terrifying. I mean... It's very terrifying. You know what sucks is that that guy had to sit down and write those words out about her, and you know that that had to... F- before he was going to say him. And he's like, ooh, and then I have to say this in front of her. And she might try to kill me, too. Yeah. Um, So after five hours of deliberation, the jury found Norma not guilty of any counts of manslaughter. Okay. Uh, And then Mary guilty on both counts of manslaughter. Okay. So Norma was just essentially a co-conspirator, but Mm -hmm. was okay. But was completely free. Mary was sentenced to an indeterminate amount of time. Oh, man. She was Did sent- anyone see her mom? And we're like, you know, <laughs> let's, the wigs, this is, we're good. Red flag. She needs to go for as old as she is at least. <laughs> <laughs> so, she was sentenced to an all-boys facility, because at that time they didn't know what to do. They were like, we can't put her like where we usually put the girls. Uh-huh. They were like, we can't put her in an adult prison. Uh-huh. So they put her in an all-boys facility. Where she did some drug addiction, sexual abuse was happening. Uh, Um, Yeah, because she was in an all-boys place. And the only female during puberty? That's a strange... I mean, uh, she's already messed up, but... What? Yes. So she then was transferred to an open prison... Which, I'll talk about that in a second, because I looked at a bunch of pictures of this open prison. Where she escaped in 1977 and was caught again two days later. Oh, she escaped? Okay. Okay. Just for two days. Yeah. So this open prison, I was looking at it, and I was like, this fucking looks like a castle. And this is ridiculous. (laughs) I was like, it's because it's in England. Didn't you say it's in England? Yeah, I was like, I'll go to jail if I could go somewhere like this. What do I got to do? Because it's basically like a rehabilitation place where they're like trying to get you ready to 
go out and back into the world. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're apparently now, I think it's moms can live, it's like a mom and baby, tri- yeah, and mother child house where you can be with your child, but you're also like kind of in prison. Uh-huh. We have a lot of those here. Yeah. But, but, well, not for prisons. They have mother, like, daughter or mother children homes, but they don't yeah. have like prison homes. Those are, yeah, like, that's true. So, this is like an actual prison. It's where the, weird. Yeah. Um, and it's beautiful and it's a castle and it's what when you say England I picture every house looks like <laughs> everything is beautiful <laughs> everything's a castle exactly <laughs> um so uh, ultimately on May 14th 1980 Mary was released at the age of 23 <gasps> and she said quote <laughs> Sorry, I won't kill here. anyone, I'm assuming. If there was something wrong with me when I was a child, there wasn't now. I felt that if they could x-ray me inside, they could see that anything broken had been fixed. Uh... Shortly after, she got pregnant and was granted an anatomy for herself and her daughter. And the last update is that she became a grandmother in 2009. But nobody knows her name. Okay. And, yeah, so, like, her daughter... So she's somewhere off living great in has she has this and has been and since she was twenty three <laughs> and she's and if there's something broken in me it's not <laughs> I'm so it's mad not broken anymore <laughs> look at the pictures okay 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 oh no oh no there's kids in here the top one is Mary okay the second one is Norma these are the little kids that died okay so do you want to explain what Mary looks like okay I'm scared she might have eyeliner on. She's young and scary. She has bangs, dead eyes, kind of like a baby vampire. There's also, is that a kind tooth? Of. Is there something on her? I don't know. Also, yes, Norma looks young and unfortunately impressionable. Like, Norma looks younger than her. Yeah. And, um... The, uh, the cute little boys. I have no comments to make. I'm going to keep going on. I, I will say that that child does look a, like the tiniest hairstyle of a new baloomba moving on these are all mary uh yeah so the one on the very left is the last picture of when she was freed in 23 or when she was this is when she's like uh if you just put an x-ray over me i look different now yeah (laughs) and so um these are the we did the murder oh no (laughs) oh no we did murder does that say martian martin oh Martin, it looks like it says, drown. Fuck of. Yow. Bisturds. <laughs> nope, there's no S. I am, this, there's a reason that these were discarded, and it's because someone that didn't look like they were old enough to write, which, oh my gosh, I'm just scrolling up and down, and I'm just mad at everything. So yeah, that's my crime. Okie dokie. Well, a 10-year-old child, child murderer. But if you put an x-ray over her, she's different inside. She's fine now. Uh, that's a weird thing to say. It's, I, I get it, though, when you're trying I just to... can't believe it. So, for a while, they her child was a ward of the state. Because they were trying to fight the fact that she should fucking have a child. Oh. Yeah. But she ended up having a child. She ended up winning, like, custody over her child. And, and now she's just a mom somewhere. Yeah. And is assumingly not letting grown men sleep with a four-year-old hopefully which is why she is the way she is by the way also while we're here i forgot to make you look at the very last picture of my case who um this is a weird time to put it in but that's him now um i just needed you to see that last oh fuck me 
No, don't. Don't let <laughs> no, him. But like, ew. Hasn't he come so far? He's very frightening. Look at his ears. And he's bald. Ugh. So, Ugh. we both found the creepiest people in history. Yeah. <laughs> She's putting her hand over the computer screen <laughs> instead of just closing it out. <laughs> it's very freaky. Yeah. He's very freaking bad. So, unfortunately... Sometimes whenever there's um, a murder, you're like, oh, yeah, they look like a murder. Other times you're like, I had no idea. Those people look like they were. Oh, yeah, that little girl, I'd run into her now. I'd be like, I'll turn around. It's fine. I just turn her around, move her away, and wherever her parents are, she's going to hurt people. (laughs) She's she's dangerous. I um, don't think you're going to have kids. It'll turn out that way. (laughs) I think you'll be fine. All right, well. But I'll be there to put makeup on you when you do. As previously mentioned, not in this podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. But what, after I give birth, I'm going to be like... Someone touch me up. Um, somebody needs to apply, apply my eyelashes. Um, <laughs> just leave call them. Call Ronica. On. Yeah. I'm just... Hi, I heard baby's here. Move everyone. I'm here to put the eyelashes on. There's glue. Because <laughs> I will have had them on previously, but I'm sure... I'll find the glue in your purse. <laughs> Thank you. I always carry it. Better safe than sorry. Anyways. (laughs) There's makeup time with Destiny and Ronica. Makeup time. You had boob time. You had outfit time. We might as well have had a beauty podcast today. For those of you who like murder and beauty, you came to the right podcast today. Honestly, probably. If you want a spinoff, let (laughs) us know. (laughs) If you're ready for a beauty podcast with Ronica and Destiny, that's on Thursdays. (laughs) Oh, God. After the wedding. Actually, donate to our this channel and we might start a new channel right bonus episodes makeup (laughs) everyone every dude that listens to us is like this is not what i wanted (laughs) i didn't want outfit time i didn't want makeup time didn't need boob time (laughs) i just Uh, wanted (laughs) to be yeah no there are men listening that did not also need boob time they all are here for the murder we're sorry but not sorry and on that note (laughs) Please, please, if you're still listening and still like us, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Please, we're asking people to do it. Please email us at crimewivespodcast at gmail.com. We do want to hear what you have or what you'd like to hear hear us talk about. If it's something that you know a little bit about and you need us to research it, we'll do it at some point yeah we'd love love to do it and then also don't forget to rate review anywhere you listen to us yes um we love to hear what you have to say we love to just even when we get like an extra review we're like oh hey yeah dude if you like us a little bit and you're looking to make our day it's like five minutes of your time to go and just write something well i know one of your friends just did oh my goodness jim did and this is a shout out to jim because holler we have been friends for a very long time, and my goodness, was that a good review? Yes. So thank you so much, Jim. Yes. And um, if you guys, if you guys haven't already, go like, rate, review. That's super helpful for us. And otherwise, yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> thanks for hanging in for all the times we've had tonight. Crime wives out. <laughs>